0: Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. It's wonderful to be here this evening and uh, we're so excited. I I don't know about you, but I'm so excited for this week ahead. Can we just bring down the volume? Just bring down the volume. I shout. Bring it down. Bring it down. There we are. Lean in. I'm a shelter, But it's so exciting. I, I really believe this week ahead is an opportunity for us to really see some incredible things. I, I really, we just want to mention again this thing of Red Week as we go, lean into Easter. It's not just another calendar item. It's not just an, something that, ah, oh, let's, let's do that and we think it'll be a good thing to do. No, we believe this is God calling us, putting something in front of us as a church that will really shape who we are, challenge who we are, and ultimately move us forward in the good things that He's got for us. You see, because we say a statement that rolls off the tongue quite easily here at Life Changes often. We say the statement that actually we, we don't want to be the best church in the city. We don't want to try and be the best church in the city. We want to be the best church for the city. And there's a huge difference. It's not just semantics. For us, it's a massive difference. We want to be the best church for the city. And when you think about the city Cape Town, if you ask a tourist, the Cape, uh, they'll say, we love Cape Town what do we love? Table Mountain, the beachfronts, the, the vineyards, the, you know, the incredible vistas that we get to see. Those are amazing things. But we know as locals in Cape Town that there's not only those beautiful things, there's also a whole lot of poverty and pain and loneliness and fear in our city as well. And we're saying if we truly love our city, we're not just going to love the good things about it. That's just what tourists do. People who love this city are able, those who are going to love the broken parts of it and give up their lives for the broken parts, for the hidden parts, the ugly parts. And we're saying, actually, that's where the church is called to be. Not hidden in four walls, but out there doing the, the, the work of the gospel. And we're just putting this front and center, as Mark mentioned, these events that are happening this week are things that happen ongoingly in the life of the church, but we're just saying, we're calling the, the muscle of the church, we're calling all of us to take up this call, not leave it just to a few, but to say, actually, this is going to be our journey as well. And why don't you take a risk this week? It's going to be an incredible week where we believe God is going to do the impossible on the, on the back of our simple obedience. Just quickly to, I know some people are a little bit nervous, as Mark mentioned, one disclaimer is drive to All of them No, just sign up for one. But also another disclaimer is, you get a bit confused. You say, maybe, maybe that's, that's not me. I'm not a super spiritual guy or girl. I, I, I'm just new at this journey. Or that's going to be, what's going to happen? Am I going to have to do some, some, some praying for people or, or do I need to start prophesying? What, well, actually, no, no. At the base level, each event is in the simplicity us showing off the Father's heart by being generous and showing love. If you can do one of those two things, then you're you're going to be of huge value for us this week. Because actually the events are going to happen like this. So if you put them behind me very quickly, Tuesday, as was mentioned in the video, we're going to have a 90-minute meeting here. 7 o'clock till 8.30 on Tuesday evening. We're closing all the life groups and we're calling the life groups to come join us here in this facility as we pray together for that week, but also we're going to pack all the party packs that are for the kids for Side 5 to Noon. We're going to prepare all the meals that are going to go out to all the different activities. We're going to pre- prepare the packs that are going to the hospitals to bless the moms there. We're going to pa- prepare the packs that are going to go into the old age homes. So we're going to do that together. And we really believe that we're trusting for a special moment as we prepare for what God's got for us. They've got a Wednesday morning and Thursday morning initiative. The, the hospital visit and the police fire stations are in the evening. But the Recycle Swap Shop and the Old Age Home are in the morning. And these are two morning events starting at 9 o'clock in the morning. And uh, if you are, have the privilege of running your own business and taking some time off, or if you are a stay-at-home mom, or you homeschooling your kids, or, or whenever you've got a phase of life where you're able to be free in the mornings, we say these are activities for you. Come and join in. Recycle Swap Shop happens in noon. We're going to meet here at Life Changes. Every event will meet first here. You don't have to go on your own. We'll go in convoy there. We'll have everything well planned out so you don't have to worry about that. And what we're going to go do there is we're going to go be a part of Recycle Swap Shop where we look after and pray for the ladies who come and bring all their recycling to that moment. Then we're going to give them gifts and we're going to give them food. And then we're going to do a cleanup of that area. That's simple. We'll provide all the necessary tools for those moments. The Thursday old age home, we're going to go to an old age home. And that's the, where we have just seen people who have often the forgotten people of our society. The people who are left alone. The people who are lonely. Actually, Jesus calls us to be a people who visit the lonely. And, and that's what we're wanting to be doing. So if you can come join us, for it, we've had a, a lot of fun in the past. as We've had people sing, entertain the, the, the old, old age homes, and then we give them gifts and we just sit and chat. It's a profound moment. We have had one lady say to me, actually, I'd love to come and she's, a, she's in, in the beauty business. She says, I want to come and just rub their hands with, with hand cream. And I'm just like, what a powerful gesture. Somebody, that, that's what I've got to give. I want to come and do that. Come, come and join us, and what, with your little, watch what God will do. In the evenings, Wednesday evening, we're going to Tigerburg Hospital, and we're going to the children's wards and a couple of other wards, with, and we're going with packs just to bless people to, When in their time of need and their time of crisis. We're just going to give them a pack. If it leads to conversation, we get to pray for them or sp- preach the gospel to them. That's wonderful. But ultimately, we're going just to show the love of Jesus. That's what we're going to do. Thursday night, we're going to the police stations and the fire stations from Milnerton, Cableview, and Melchor's. And that's, those have been profound moments in the past where we go in there and we spend a short amount of time just with the the, chief, the the chiefs of the station and their staff, praying for them, thanking them for their work, and then giving them gifts on behalf of the community. Friday and Sunday of our, our, our services here, yeah, life changes. And the Saturday though, if you find yourself saying, "Actually, this is a busy week. I don't have a lot on the go." Well, why don't you take time out on the Saturday? Saturday morning, we join the Site Five crew. To go out every second week into the noon, again, we're going to be meeting here and then going together out there. And what we're going to be doing there is handing out party packs to the kids. We're going to be giving food to the adults. And we're also going to be do- involved in the cleanup of that area as well. Simple, simple, simple. But on the back of the simplicity of our obedience, God does profound things. Maybe you're here and you say, I don't have, I don't have many testimonies. You hear test of a one-year-old, you're like, wow, that's incredible, of people coming to faith, and you go, I don't have many test meets. I want to say, if you put yourself, your feet out this week into the deep, watch the test me start to erupt around you. This is a week where we're going to see the miraculous breakout, and it starts us with a simple signing up. So tonight, I want to, if I can compel you, go into the website tonight, don't delay another moment, and sign up for one event. Just do one event, but do it with faith, and try, watch what God will do with that. So we're super excited for that, and... Um, on the back of that, I'd love to tell us a story that's really uh, dear to my heart. Uh, my name is Gabe Phillips, if I have not been introduced to you yet. And, uh, and I, I come from a family where we've got three boys. I'm the youngest of three. And my oldest brother, Damien, he's eight years, my senior. He's tall, he's lanky, just like me. Uh, myself, Gabe, I'm, I'm tall, I'm lanky, I'm skinny. Skinny is a better word to use probably. And, uh, and good looking, obviously. You can add whatever verb you want in there. Um, ruddy and handsome is the word that I would go with. My brothers just say ruddy. But anyway, um, but Damon and I are very similar in persona and actually in in physique. But then we've got a a middle brother, a brother called Simon, five years my senior. And uh, Simon is a little bit different. And uh, I'd love to just introduce you to him this evening. This is a picture of Simon, my brother. True story. That's him with his son, Sammy. And that was one of the first few photos on Facebook. I didn't have to go far to find that one. He puts those ones up often. But that's my brother, Simon. And often when people see Damien, myself, and Simon together, we say, this is our brother Simon. They look at Simon, they look at us. They look at Simon, they look at us, and they say, what happened? It's it's at that juncture we usually say, we used to have four brothers, he just ate the fourth one. But but the truth of the matter is that Simon, in his teenage years, found something called the gym, which Damien and I never found our way to. Uh, But Simon was there most evenings, and, and, and he just got this obsession with 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 being with building his body and just and this man just erupted around us and we were just we were like what the heck happened to you and and there was, secretly though there was always an underlying desire in Gabe Phillips's heart the younger brother that I want to be like Simon I really did I always longed that I would be like Simon that actually so much so that that most years I I vowed just as much as Marcus vowed unsuccessfully for the year, to have the year of the athlete I wanted the year of Simon. I wanted to become like Simon, and I would every year would go venture nearer and nearer a gym, so much so that when I left school and I had the ability to join a gym, I, I signed up like many of you, you do on the first of January, Virgin Active or the gym of choice tells us actually it's time to get fit, it's time to get healthy, it's time to get a six pack, and all of us go yes, we all want to be like Simon somehow. It's a metaphor. Stick with me, people. <laughs> well, like I don't want to be like that anyway. But on the, f- I remember signing up for the gym, and, and you know I worked that I, I I paid my gym membership. I was so excited. And can I tell you, for three or four years, I was I was an incredibly incredible uh, member of Discovery. And I tell you, after four years, can I tell you what I have? Thirty-five percent off with Kalula flights. I tell you, whoa, 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 getting better. I get free smoothies every Friday. I also, at, at the drop of hat, if I wanted, I could have babysitting facilities at the, at the Club V whenever I wanted. The problem is, I didn't have what I'd signed up for. I got all these extras, but actually, if you look at me, I, I could take my jacket off, but I won't. I we'll refrain from that this evening. I am still very a long way off from becoming like Simon. And I think that as I was thinking about this, this is not just a, a trite little illustration about my family life, welcome to the Phillips family home. It's actually, I think, resemblance of, of our Christian walk often. Often we get suckered into a Christi- Christianity that has a lot of bells and whistles about it, that we love the gathering together, we love the singing, we love the coffee, we love the community. And those are good things. But actually after year upon years, as Mark mentioned earlier, we realized that actually we're not growing. We've, we've bought into the Christian culture, but we actually haven't go- grown ourselves. And actually, I believe that this is a new, a new day for us, because I think we can get easily satisfied with the extra things, but we miss what Jesus actually calls us to. So this evening, I want to read one passage of Scripture very quickly. John 12 is where we're going to be, and I'll give you some context before we read it. John chapter 12 starts off with this narrative of the triumphal entry. It's what happened uh, in the church calendar today, Palm Sunday, the week before Easter and Good Friday, where Jesus rode triumphantly into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey, fulfilling scripture, and the crowds gathered. They were so excited. Why did the crowds gather? Because in John chapter 11, the passage before, he had just raised Lazarus from the dead. The news of Lazarus rising from the dead had filtered through the, the, the suburbs and, and the suburbia in Jerusalem, and the crowds were so excited about Lazarus raising from the dead, they had to come out to see Jesus. We're told at the end of that little narrative there, it says the Pharisee says we cannot do anything because everyone has come out to see Him. I don't know if that's an exaggeration, but for them, the crowds were so big. It was like the crowds watching Tiger Woods at the Masters. Just that everyone wants to get a glimpse of Tiger. Everyone, is is that Him? Is that Him? No, it's just Tony Fina. No, is that Him? Is that Him? And, and, And that's what the crowd were like. They're gathering around going, we want just a glimpse of Jesus in this moment. And they start to declare as Jesus came in, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they're all throwing down palm branches and it's exciting and the ferv- fever pitched and, and people, I saw him, I saw him. And I can imagine people trying to get selfies and, and trying to get close to Jesus. The story then almost takes a, a different turn as we keep reading. And we're going to read this passage now where we have a couple, of, it says a, a couple of Greek people came to Philip and Andrew, the disciples, and said, we, we actually want to meet Jesus. We want to meet him. The crowd gather wanting to see him just want to be near him. But these guys come and say, we want to meet him. And then Jesus has this opportunity. I can imagine. Jesus could have then waxed lyrical and said, guys, let me tell you, you have made the great decision to come and meet me. Oh, all your problems are going to get better. uh, Vote for me in the next election. Jesus could have done as Any pitch he would have wanted to gather more followers. But in this moment, he responded this way. And we're going to read the scripture here quickly. It's on the screen. John chapter 12, verse 23 to 26. Jesus replied, now the time has come for the son of man to enter his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But as death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me, because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. A scripture that's so challenging. Jesus comes as a marketing guy. I'm like, Jesus, you've missed the moment to win over some guys. You've just come and told them, actually, there's uh, given them so much, when they've come and say, We want to buy into your story. And Jesus gives them all these challenges and speaks at this level. And actually, I, as I read this, I realized that these two passages are back to back for a reason. We've got a crowd euphoric and wanting just to meet, be near Jesus. Jesus! And then you've got these guys, me drawing nearer, and Jesus saying, actually, there's a different journey. And I think so often, many of us get stuck in between this journey of being a fan of Jesus. When Jesus says, I'm actually not looking for fans, I'm, not looking, for, I'm looking for followers. We get suckered into an Instagram story life where we look at putting our best foot forward and we try to flick through the, the highlight reel. When Jesus is saying, actually, I'm not over the highlights, I'm not after the 35% off and the glitz and glamour, I'm after the real deal. And Jesus presses on something deeper here. And I believe there's an offer out for us this evening to receive this deal from Jesus and start making dis- different decisions based on it. So let's pray Have three things and we'll be done in 10 minutes. Father, I pray speak to us, strengthen our hearts, give us courage, but most importantly, give us obedience to act on what we hear. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Three things very quickly from this passage. I almost feel Jesus, in a sense, to these guys who were probably wanting some answers, and Jesus almost gave them some dares, some challenges. So point number one from this passage I read is I feel almost de- Jesus saying, I dare you to move. Yes, it was a Swishfoot lyric from the early 2000s, but it also makes a nice point one. I dare you to move, he, s- move, he says. As I look at these scriptures, these passages, the first story, a crowd jostling around Jesus, Jesus, desperate to see him, catch a glimpse of him, get in touching distance of him. And then contrast that with two Greek guys who say a name, but they come saying, we want to meet Jesus. A crowd who just wanted to see Him, and some who actually wanted to meet Him. And, and if I'm honest, I think the, the, the very essence of the problem of our hearts, especially in this, the Western expression of Christianity, is that we're just too easily satisfied. Uh, maybe I'm just speaking on my own behalf, but I am too easily satisfied. That actually, I look at the my, my state of my Christian existence, and I go, I'm good. I'm okay, I'm better than them, so it's fine. I, I, I think we get too easy suck it into this life where we're actually comparing and actually thinking, it, we just want to just stay at this level. We're okay with where, where we're at. But actually, Jesus is actually saying, I'm not satisfied with you staying in the crowd. I'm not satisfied with you just being a fan of me. Actually, I'm calling you into something deeper. And I want to ask you the question, maybe you're caught up in the crowd this evening. Maybe you're caught up and you know that your heart is in a, a posture of, of fandom, You like the post, you quote the scripture, but actually you know your heart's not burning for Jesus. You know that your heart is not what it once was. You tell stories of what I once was, but actually your heart's not there. I want to say today, he says to you, I dare you to move. What is he meaning by that? Break the noise. Do something different. Disrupt the normal. And actually for us, Red Week here is an opportunity for us to disrupt our normal. You can right now, most Sundays we end our sermons and we're like, yes, let's go. And we go back to our normal. Here's a different thing. This week is not normal. It's an opportunity. You can can either let it go past or you can take hold of it. You can either cheer it on from a distance and be a fan and go, that's amazing. And like the video and even share it on social media. Or you can sign up and say, I was there and I'm leaning in watch what God does, disrupt your normal, I read scripture again and again, the people who encountered Jesus, there's a crowd in, in, the, in the gospel of Luke that gathered, Jesus is coming through town, and one little man, a wee little man, was he, Zacchaeus, he did something different, and, and, and even though his backstory story was one of, 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 of actual of, of thievery and, 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 and stealing from people, this man would not let his, his past determine what his experience with Jesus, so he actually climbed a tree, he did something different. There's not a a whole new theology saying, let's go climb trees. No, but he did something different. Jesus says, yes, come down. I'm coming to your house. Whole crowd, but one man gets called down. There's another story of a crowd gathering around Jesus. And in that crowd, they're all pressing in to try and get a glimpse and a touch of him. There's one woman who's had an issue of blood for 12 years. Shouldn't have even been in the crowd. But for 12 years, she's done the same thing, gone to doctor after doctor after doctor. But after a while, she said, enough. I need to break through this. I need to make a move. So she pushes to the crowd, and she lays a hold of Jesus, and power goes out from him, and she gets healed. This story upon story. There's a whole bunch of disciples going, Jesus is amazing. He's walking on water towards us. It's incredible. But only one of them said, actually, I'm coming out to you. I'm not leaving this for there. I, I'm coming to join you in your story. Can I tell you, I just, as I read Scripture, I think we can get so clever with it, and we can explain it away when actually do something different. If you're stuck in a rut, if you're stuck in an old habit, you've just been doing the same thing. If your heart is a bit lukewarm, make a move. Let's not get all clever about it. Sign up and come to Red Weekend with a heart of faith and watch what God will do. First point, make a dare you to move. Secondly, this evening, I always say, I believe as I read this text, I feel Jesus saying to us, I dare you to serve. In Zimbabwe, I've, I've got some friends there called Rob Chifakoy, well he now is in America, but he and a whole bunch of guys, young adults, a number of years ago, they had been a part of church, and Zimbabwe is a much church nation, about the stats, I don't know how, how true they are, but 99% Christian, Christian. But you look at the state of the nation, you look at the state of the church. The church seems to be thriving, but the nation doesn't. And there's a whole lot of things you can draw from that. But the one thing that these guys felt at the time, they said, actually, the church buildings are full and everyone's gathering for, for, for these meetings on Sundays. But actually, the expression that leaks out of it, the, the actual reality of the Christians living out their faith seems to be polar worlds apart. A lot of fans, but not a lot of followers doing what Jesus called them to do. So they start an organization called Dare to Serve. And what they did is a, so- a social media driven thing they said actually we 're going to serve our city and a whole bunch of young adults would gather on Saturday mornings, would pray, and then they would go and serve the lost, the last, the least of the community and What is amazing was the government owned entities of orphanages and old age homes had been uh, left to ruin. The government had no more money to run them, so they were just running on the goodwill of a few people. But the kids were going hungry. The, the system was falling into disrepair. People were not being paid salaries. And this group of young guys said, actually, we can be in a church, and we can be making that wonderful noise, or we can actually be the church, not just in, on Sundays, but let that expression change us, not just be a fan sitting going, this is good enough, but actually, we're going to make a change. And they started funding the orphanages and old-age homes of Harari, about 20 to 30 young professionals. I go, that's something in there, that's, that's the church. And I, a year, about a year or two after that, I got, we, I got to go into a conference there, and they put it on at the Reps Theater in Harare. And I got to preach at this conference. And what was so remarkable about this conference, the venue was full. It was full of orphans from the orphanages. And they put out, they only expressed the whole conference to bless these guys. And I got to preach. They flew in the arrows from Durban, the band, the arrows, at their expense to come and, and, and open up for these guys. Because actually they don't deserve second rate, they deserve the best. And I got to see many young people give their lives to Jesus. It's probably the most empowering moments of preaching. Because uh, actually, but this is the reality actually it's not called just to come, I dare you to come and occupy a seat. He says, I dare you to serve. You see, this is the way Jesus said. He says, You want to be great? He gives us the thing, he says, You want to be great. You want to grow? You want to, if the metaphor can still stand, you want to be like Simon? You want to move on and become powerful in the things of God? He says, Here is, here's the key, serve. No, 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 I want a course. I want, I want someone to pray for me. I want, no, 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 serve. That's the power unlocker of the kingdom. He says, God goes, Jesus goes on and says, he says, humble yourself under God's mighty hand. Humble yourself. Take on the nature of the servant. He says, and I will lift you up. He says, even more scarily, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Take on the position of a servant, it's a lot harder to be proud, prideful. Take on the nature of a servant, humility starts to flow through you, and that's the power that God's got for us. And actually, I, I want to say, that so often I think we get caught up in climbing the ladder. Our thought life is so consumed with climbing the ladder at work, climbing the ladder in the social structures, climbing the ladder social media-wise, climbing the ladder even in church relationships. But I want to say, let's be careful as we climb the ladder that we don't miss Jesus climbing down the ladder. Because That's who he was. He said, in that chapter. he says, See, your king comes to you riding on a donkey. You see, sometimes, um, Francis Chan tells a story. He says, They go to you, imagine going to a restaurant, and you sit down at the restaurant, and you'll say, I'll have the steak, please. And you're so excited, and you're waiting for the steak, and then the, a few minutes go by, and then the waiter comes, so voila, the best pasta ever, and you're like, What's going on? What's this? And you're, you're like, no, no, no. This is our chef's specialty. It's amazing. We work so hard. We've got so many guys who add value to this. I, I even did the cheese myself. Look at it. It's the best pasta ever. You'd be, you'd, even though it's the best pasta, you'll still go, yeah, but, but where's my steak? And actually, the, the, the analogy goes that actually, so often I think as Christians we can be giving our energy to things, the great pastors, we can be giving ourselves to making these amazing other things that that seem are like good things, not bad things, they're not evil things, but we're forgetting what Jesus has called us to do. And actually, he says this one thing I require: He says that you'll walk humbly before your God, you'll love justice, and you'll love mercy. Micah six verse eight. That's what He called us to. He's not called this to the gifted few, but to us, every one of us. And that takes me to that uh, excuse that I've used myself many times, and this is to my shame. Moments of these sort of opportunities of red week and actually uh, going and making myself uncomfortable and serving the the lost, the last, the least, the broken of our society. I've said things like this. It's not my gifting. Maybe you've said those words before. I've said them. It's not my gifting. Let others who gifted that way, let them do it. But as I read the scriptures, and this one in particular, I don't see Jesus mentioning anything about gifting. He doesn't say, okay, let's do a quick test. Are you a radical guy or wh- wh- how was your feet? No, no, he doesn't do anything of like that. He says, actually, this is not about gifting. This is about, do you love me? Do you love me? This is not, now, uh, 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 to prove our love for Jesus, this is actually a fruit of our love for Jesus. That if we love him, this should be a byproduct of how we uh, love for him. If it's not, then we should examine our hearts. It's not condemnation, but just saying, Jesus, give me a greater love for you. Isaiah 6 actually talks about that, a scripture where Isaiah comes and he says, on the year King Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord. He had the vision of God in all his splendor. And in response to that, God says to him, now you've seen me, whom shall I send? Who will go for me? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. If you've seen him, we are the fruit of that should be that we should love those who he loves. It's not my gifting, I say. Jesus is not about gifting, it's about do you love me? I've said this as well, it's not my season to serve. <laughs> Have you ever said that one? It's not my season, man. You know what? I've, had, I've served for so many years, I need to take a sabbatical. It sounds really wise and sounds very, wow, that sounds good and Christian. It's not Christianity at any level. To let you know, I want to speak strongly about this because actually, if you bear Jesus' name and you call yourself a Christian, you're saying, I'm bearing the name of my Savior Jesus, His very nature. He said He took on the nature of a servant, leaving heaven to come. He said, I do not come to be served, but to serve. And if you bear His name, then you're going to respond the way He responds. Imagine the uproar. If I said, you know what, guys, I've loved my wife for five years. I've been faithful for five years. I just need a sabbatical from faithfulness to her for a little bit. You know what? I've got to come back. Just give me a break. I pray there would be an uproar. I pray that people would pull me aside and say, what is wrong with you? You cannot do that. Well, actually, I pray that that uproar inside our spirit would rise. That actually in myself, I've been saying, actually, if I become too easily satisfied with just actually what's comfortable, what's convenient, what's easy, being a fan. Go, Jesus. When actually know no, you're a follower. I dare you to serve. Thirdly and finally this evening, most troubling, I'd say, to my own spirit, I feel Jesus saying this, I dare you to die. You know, uh, maybe one of your disclaimers is going, you know what, this sounds so cool, this sounds great, but maybe next year because I'm new on this journey. I'm not so experienced or I haven't been around long enough. Let me find my feet in this thing. Uh, let me say this, Jesus' conversation with these guys, and again and again in Scripture, we find this type of Christianity is not something you graduate into. It's something you saved into. This is basic Christianity 101. This is the first thing you do, Die. Jesus says, if you, if you love your life and hold on to your life now, he said, you'll lose it in eternity. He says, lay it down. Lay your life down now, and you'll find life. This is not something we mature into. This is from the moment we get saved, we are supposed to be dying to ourselves. Mark 8 says, if you want to be my follower, deny yourself and pick up your cross daily. This is what Jesus says again and again. And, and, and you know, Paul Paul says again, he says, you want to live, lose your life uh, but as I've been reading, there's a whole bunch, I've been so encouraged and challenged. There's a group of uh, Iranian Christians who've been uh, in Iran, who were Muslims, who've got found Christ. And for these guys, when they get saved, the first thing they get taught is actually, are you prepared to die? Because for them, it's not now a, a nice metaphor. This is the reality. Because in Muslim, in their, from, for an Islam to convert, it'll either, at the very least, they'll be ostracized. At the, but at the worst, they will lose their life. So the first conversation, if someone gives their life to them, it's not like, that's so good. Let's, let's get you some coffees. Let's hang out. You know, we'll just take it slowly. You know, we'll just read a verse a day. No, no. The first thing they get told is that's the most incredible thing that God has taken you from darkness to light. Yes. You know you might die for this. And actually, as I read, I go, I think I've been too easy satisfied or too numbed. Where I'm, being, I'm living for too low a goal. When actually Jesus says, no, 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 if you want to live, lose your life. So what am I saying? Am I saying it's time for for us to all fall fall down dead? Well, in one sense, yes. In the spiritual sense, I think God needs to say we need to die to the fear of man. Die to apathy. Die to lukewarm reliving. You see, one one preacher once said, wherever Paul went, uh, the writer of the New Testament, wherever he went, he said, Paul arrived, uh, the city broke out into a riot or revival? People were either hating him or he just stoned him, or the city were getting saved. And that preacher went and said, Whenever I go there, they serve tea. Seems to be a bit of a problem. Paul, around in time, chaos abruptly, because actually, this was a man who was dead to the opinions of men. But actually, so often we go in and we put on good teas. Now, I'm not saying anything wrong with teas. But actually, if we've missed the essence of who he's called us to be, then we get suckered into something that actually doesn't look like the steak he's called us to be. Here's the great thing as we land. I love the fact that Jesus doesn't ever call us to something that he does not provide us the strength to do. This actually is, he does a week before Easter, a week before Good Friday. He has the crowds, blessed are you, comes in the name of the Lord. Greeks come, he challenges them and says, actually I dare you to move, I dare you to serve, I dare you to die. And actually we see a a while later that Jesus himself, he made a move towards us. The Bible tells us that he, he left heaven took on the ser- nature of a servant, and He moved into our neighborhood. He became, took on our flesh and blood. He moved into our brokenness. He came near us. And He didn't come just to be served. He did not come riding in on a, on a massive steed. He came on a donkey saying, I came to seek and save that which is lost. I came to serve. I came to love and redeem. And ultimately, He came to die a death on a cross that we deserved, that we should have died. But He said, actually, I'll die so that they can live. Here's the amazing thing. On that day when He died, the crowds a week before, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. A week later, that same crowd was saying, Crucify him. Jesus died to death alone, but I want to tell you, as Jesus said, if a seed gets put in the, di- in the ground and dies, it'll provide, produce a massive harvest. And we know that Jesus died, died alone, but because of his death, we get to have life and life to the full. And I want to tell you, fullness of life is not hoarding and gathering towards yourself and being settling back. Thank you, Jesus, for that death. I'm going to settle back into the crowd. Smile and wave, boys. No, the fullness of life is laying it down and finding that he gives more and more and more. The more you lay down, the more blessings he pours out, the more joy he pours out, the more security he pours out. That actually we're supposed to be the most free people in the world because we say, actually, nothing can touch us because we have dead to this world already. This is the high call of Jesus. This stirs my heart. It challenges me. And I pray on the back of Red Week this week that we would make moves out of our apathy, out of our lukewarmness that we're moving in, that we would start to serve. There's actually stuff inside of us. Maybe we've been selfish, saying, actually, I'm going to serve others. This is not about me anymore. And we're going to say, actually, I'm going to die to my preference so others may live. Let's pray right now. Jesus, I pray a simple prayer. Would our hearts not just be stirred, would they be changed this evening? I pray for my heart, would it not just be stirred, but would it be changed? Spirit of the living God, would you come and empower us to make big decisions? Empower us not to live for small things anymore. Empower us to move from just being a fan to being a follower. I thank you, Jesus, that you'll do the impossible in our hearts as we simply say, yes, Lord. Because Jesus, we know it's now time, not just to talk about it, it's time for Life changing Church to go to the gym. I thank you, you're going to strengthen us, you're going to equip us, and we're going to see profound things as we obey you. We love you, our Lord and our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.